0: lately I feel like when I see or hear the word boundaries, I have an image of somebody, just a woman especially, like really standing up for her boundaries and she's setting boundaries and hashtag self-care. And it's this very bold, extreme, big act. And there's, you know, I got to say what I needs to be said and everybody needs to know my boundary. And frankly, that's a bit of a turnoff for me. I don't know about you, but that does not feel like an actual act of self love and self care. And I would argue that's actually not even how we do boundaries. Welcome to the reInvent podcast. I am your host and reinvention coach, Sari Kimball, and you are listening to episode 38, A Better Way to Do Boundaries. I am recording this episode right before Christmas and I have had a couple conversations with clients about heading to go and visit family and some of the things that come up when we go into our childhood home or even if it's not our, you know, where we grow up that we're going into our family unit and how we sometimes show up <laughs> and how we go a little bit let's call it fucking crazy sometimes. And we're like, who am I? I am an adult in my normal life. And then I go home and I'm surrounded by, um, you know, these roles and the experiences and the people and the memories and I become a different person. <laughs> and then sometimes we go, you know, we swing hard to one side and we're like, I have to set these very clear boundaries. And we really try to put a lot of self, of control into that to try to make ourselves feel better. And so I unfortunately didn't get to do a lot of coaching with people because we had a lot of other things to talk about. So I, I wanted to record a podcast that was specifically around how to set boundaries, especially when you are going to be in environments that maybe feel a little triggering, <laughs> that maybe you look at yourself and you're like, I don't really like the way I act. Or if you're kind of dreading going to that place or being around those people or those, you know, those uh, experience around you. And it's so common, especially as you start doing your work, your inner work, you're going to notice a shift of like, ooh, I see it now. I'm more aware of it. I see how Uh, When this person says this, I get triggered and then I start acting like an impetuous child or whatever, right? Um, Or I start to get resentful or I start to get sarcastic and I start to push people away or I shut down. All the things, all of the coping mechanisms that we used in our past to try to stay safe, to protect ourselves, all the things. And so we can have a lot of compassion, first of all, for that that child, right? Going back and healing some of those inner wounds and saying, I see you, you were doing the best you could. You didn't know any better. I love you. Thank you for trying to take care of me. And I'm an adult now. I am going to parent myself in a new way and boundaries can be an effective way to set you up for success. But we don't do boundaries in the stomping our feet and saying, you need to do what I, you know, follow my boundary. Because when we do boundaries like that, all we're basically saying is, in order for me to feel better about myself, I need you to behave in a certain way. And that, my friends, is manipulation. That is not true. That's not a true boundary. That's not how boundaries work. And I'll talk about how you actually set a clear, effective boundary. And I would say before you even ever have to set a boundary, the very first thing is, let's actually have to set fewer boundaries. Let's let go of expectations of how we think everybody should behave. And in coaching, it's sometimes referred to as the manual but we want to drop our expectations, our manuals of people. It's so interesting. If you think about, if you literally were pulling off your bookshelf and you're like, here's my manual for my mom, and here's my manual for my brother, and here's my manual for my uncle, right? All the, and your best friend from from high school or whatever. And most of us are walking around with these very thick manuals of how we think other people should behave. For example, when you give someone a gift, do you have a manual for them of how they should receive it? What their words should be like? Should they follow up with a thank you note? Does it need to be a text or does it actually have to be a written mailed note? right when the more expectations we have of how we think people should behave and many of them you may not even realize you have them right some of them have just been like programmed into us <laughs> as children and by society and and the the culture that you grew up around and so it's really good to notice that's triggering for me i'm feeling a little like Ugh like I get a little cringy or I get a little, it feels a little crinkly for me. And saying, I wonder what that's about. And most likely when it's little things like that, you probably have a manual that you didn't even know you had. And so we can have a lot of compassion for ourselves and say, oh, interesting. I grew up in a place where it wasn't a true, you know, a, a true gift given until you had received a thank you note. And maybe I can just drop that. Maybe I can let that go and say, I don't want to hold people to that standard because that's, that's an unrealistic standard that every single person is going to write you a thank you note for every gift that you give. And all you end up doing is setting yourself up for misery, The Buddha said the root of suffering is attachment and that's what expectations are right they are an attachment to a certain behavior uh, that somebody says does is responds whatever in a certain way and so it's really good as we are maybe going into places that feel a little bit more triggering like family events that we really look at what attachments are we holding on to? What expectations do we have of ourselves that are maybe unrealistic and other people and the situations? And in, I did a couple of podcast episodes, episode seven and episode eight are also really useful for this. It's like, what if we could just reduce the number of expectations and attachments going into the situation? then we have to set far fewer boundaries and the boundaries we do set are way more meaningful. And so everybody has an opinion, everybody has judgments, and we can just release that and say, that's okay. (laughs) I can let it go and I am not going to hold people up to my particular expectation or standard. So let's use some examples. So imagine you are going home to visit your family for a holiday or special event. And if you have an expectation of I sleep in this specific room or I need these specific foods like this person always makes these things for me or I don't like the way their pet behaves and I'm walking into it with all of these manuals about where I sleep and how people respond to me and what the animals do and the food that should be in the kitchen, I am setting myself up for a nightmare. (laughs) Disaster, right? Because the second that one of those things does not come to be, the second that uh, your parent says, oh, actually we put you in this room, then you turn into a totally crazy person where you're like, what? If you have expectations, if you have attachments about this is how it should be, or that they greet you in a certain way, or you open the cupboard and there's not the thing that you think should be there, or the, the dog jumps up on you because that's what the dog always does. And yet you somehow think that that dog shouldn't. So we're creating a whole lot of suffering Uh, right there, just by walking in with this heavy backpack of all of these manuals of how things should and shouldn't be. Versus if we can just know ahead of time and we coach ourselves to say, you know what? That dog jumps up on me every single time. I bet it's going to again. What do I want to do about it? And we just assume we expect, we change our expectations. We, it's almost like putting your expectations really, really low, setting the bar really low, and then you're always pleasantly surprised if the dog doesn't jump up on you. This may or may not be a personal example. I was trying to think of things that weren't too challenging uh, in my own family. In any case, you know, you can take that as far as you want, right? Uncle always says, you know, terrible things about ex-president or political conversations. You're just like, yep, that's what uncle always does. Instead of like, he better not, I don't think I can handle it. He better not talk about it. Instead, just assuming that that's what uncle is going to do and we drop our manual. So the easiest way to set up good boundaries is to set fewer of them. To drop your manuals, to drop your expectations, to just let people be human. Let them be who they are. It's the craziest thing that we think people should be different. And yet they have been the same person. They have probably been doing the same thing that has annoyed you and drives you crazy for your entire life. And yet we think this time will be different. And that's where we drive ourselves fucking insane. (laughs) So, there's the first piece is dropping our manuals, letting humans be humans, almost expecting them, but well, we should just expect them to be the way they always have been and not be any different, right? That's the definition of insanity is that we think that it'll change, that you know, we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result when they are the exact same people and it's the exact same situation that you have been walking, dealing with for years. Okay, so let's talk about if there really truly is a boundary, once we've kind of gotten rid of those manuals. So let's say you have, you're going home and there's a friend or a family member or somebody who smokes and it's not your home. So you first have to drop your manual about whether your parent or your friend or whomever uh, lets that person smoke inside the house. Okay. That's not your fight. That's not your boundary to set. And we, again, need to just expect like, oh, so-and-so will be there and they're probably going to want to smoke in the house. And my mom lets them. Okay. So that could be an example. But let's say you are like, I am not okay with that. That is a boundary of mine that I don't like to be around cigarette smoke. So a boundary and this is where I think we get it really wrong on you know, Instagram and whatnot, where people are like, set your boundaries, is we think that boundaries are about controlling other people's behavior, and they're not. They are about, here's what I will do when you do X, right? I have established that this is a true boundary for me, that this is important, and I'm not going to let this go. I don't want smoke being blown in my face. I don't want to be around it. And so if you choose to do, to light up and my mom or my friend or whomever is okay with that in this house, then I will do X. And in this particular case, it's probably, and then I will remove myself, right? I will go outside. I will go for a walk. I will go to my bedroom. And you don't ever have to tell anybody your boundary. This is not about you, you know, planting the flag and and really standing up for yourself once and for all. This is a quieter kind of strength. This is, and you could say it, you could say, you know, Aunt Edna, I really don't like being around cigarette smoke and I would really love to stay and I love you, but I would really appreciate if you not smoke around me. And if you do, if you choose to, I still love you, but I am going to remove myself. And so you could choose to say it out loud. And many times we don't. Because a boundary is not about controlling anybody else's behavior. It is changing our experience by saying, this is not okay with me. And here's what I will do. A boundary is for you and not for anybody else. I don't know about any of you. Um, I grew up—not my stepmom, but um, with my real mom. I grew up with a very critical parent, and I know a lot of my clients uh, have to work around very critical parents as well. And you know, unlike smoking, right? That's like a physical act that you can clearly be like, "They are not smoking," and then there is smoke. (laughs) There is, there is lighting, and there is smoke and smell and all the things. Is that? we can have boundaries. Let's just take a critical parent. Let's take that as an example. So your grandmother starts in on her usual thing that she always gives you a hard time about, whatever that is, your weight, your lack of kids, your unruly kids, <laughs> your um, where you live, your political views, whatever it is, right, that they start she, this person, starts going in, you know, saying the things that, imagine that, she always says. So first, uh, recognizing that she's probably going to do it again. And so then we're a little bit more prepared. We're not pretending like, like it's all sunshine and daisies and roses. And then we're like, we're caught off guard (laughs) That, that they say the thing that they've always said. So we can definitely be more prepared for it. And We can state a boundary in our head. We don't even have to tell this person. We don't have to tell grandma anything. We can say, and we have the boundary ahead of time that if grandma starts criticizing the food I'm putting on my plate, the clothing that I'm wearing, the kid thing, whatever it is, that we can have a boundary for ourselves that is is out of self-love. And it's not about changing her. And so that might look like, it might just be a a simple like, I hear you grandma, I know you feel that way, like we're going to shut the conversation down. And, And so that might be step one. And then maybe step two is if it continues, you get to choose, I'm going to leave the room. We're not trying to make grandma change. We're not trying to get her to shut up. We're not trying to get her to leave. The only person that you are responsible for and the only thing that you have control over is your response and your actions. And so in that moment, you can choose to change seats. You could choose to get up and leave, right? You can choose to turn and have a different conversation with somebody else. But you are, maybe the boundary is just like, I don't react. I don't respond, And so you know the person, you know the situation, you know your own self, but having that boundary ahead of time of what will you do when, not if, when this person says X, Y, Z or some vein of that. And then lastly, I want to offer, I know I have gotten into trouble with boundary, internal boundaries for myself, and I actually have decided this year to stay away from using that word with myself. So in the past, I'll just take drinking because I um, have worked through a lot of working through over drinking and I would tell myself, I would like negotiate with myself ahead of time be like, my boundary at this Christmas dinner is I am only going to have three glasses of wine. That's my boundary for the whole day. And then I would be like arguing with myself and having these conversations and it just wasn't great. I think it's hard to have boundaries in the true sense of the word with ourselves. And then I would cross my boundary and then I would beat the shit out of myself and then I don't trust myself to honor my own boundaries. And it only takes once with a, you know, another individual, with grandma, per, you know, in this case is that when you do it once or twice, you start to develop real trust with yourself that you're a person who honors your boundaries with others. But I think on internally, we can get into a pretty negative cycle where we keep saying we're going to pledge ahead of time that we're going to have these boundaries about I'm only going to eat one piece of pie. I'm going to have this amount to drink or I'm only going to stay up until this time, right? Whatever it is. And then we we negotiate with ourselves. we don't do it, and then we start to develop evidence that we don't keep our own boundaries to ourselves. And then it starts a really negative shelf shame spiral, beating ourselves up, and we continue to not get the results that we want. In my case, would have been over, uh, you know, less drinking and not over drinking so, because I want to feel better in the morning, not worse. And so I have changed that this year to instead of the word boundaries, to use the word standards and to really attach the outcome that I want. So in the case of drinking, um, I have a standard that I do not drink more than two glasses of wine in, a, in an evening, right, in that, at that event. And that has become a standard for me this year in general in my life. And I have a lot of evidence now, just personally, that whether I'm staying in or I'm going out, I just, I do not feel good with any more. I, it's not that I couldn't even handle it. It's like, I feel like shit the next day. And I have decided that I actually really prefer to wake up feeling better than that. And I don't really want to waste any more mornings being, you know, that like semi-hungover kind of thing. So I have evidence where I have shown up for myself. I've honored my own standards. I've held my own standards. And I just like the word standards better because there are times when we choose to not meet our usual standard. There are exceptions. And I think a boundary is something pretty tight. It is really like no (laughs) you you know it's a over the cliff kind of thing right there's it's very black and white versus i have high standards for myself and i keep them most of the time and there is room for human human behavior human error and i don't beat the shit out of myself if i fail to meet one of my standards i i have a lot more grace And I really try to look at it through a different lens of like, oh, I see what happened there. What can I learn? Oh, yeah, this is a reminder of why I really don't drink more than two ever. So I I wonder in your own experience, as you maybe are going into family events, uh, maybe getting away from the word boundaries and some of those um, black or white thinking, and instead looking at it as like, I set standards for myself because I love myself, because this is self-care. This is true self-love that I know I'm going to be the best version of myself if I only have one piece one dessert, or I only drink this much, right? Or whatever it is. And and there is room to choose to, to not meet your standard. And you're still a perfectly worthy, amazing, lovable human. And then the next day, we just reset the standard. And we get over the shame spiral of beating the shit out of ourselves. And then the black and white thinking and all of that Junk. All right, that's what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful as you're heading into a family situation um, and anything that can be triggering. Try this in traffic. This is a traffic driving is a great opportunity to practice your manuals and your boundaries for sure. It can be an everyday, sort of somewhat non threatening place. And then go start practicing it on the things that are a little more triggering, like our family. So fun. I hope everyone's having an amazing holiday season. I do hope that you will um, think about setting some true boundaries, but limit the number of boundaries. And we do that by dropping our manuals, our expectations, and our attachments. If you would like support with this, I would love to be your coach. And you can go to reinventioncoach.co, fill out the form there, and we will schedule a powerful coaching call. Imagine if you had your life back, if you were not, you know, the outside circumstances were not running your life, but you could go to family events, friend events, and show up as your true authentic self and let others be the same. It's a truly awesome experience and I highly recommend it. Until next time, have an amazing week.